0: That's the first quarter of the big You want to toss up a Hail Mary.
1: They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time.
2: If you're good at something, never do it for free.
3: I'd like to be pimps from Oakland or cowboys from Arizona, but it's not an Halloween.
4: Look, my friend, this is just the way you and I differ. Grow up Peter And? No chocula? If my answers frighten you, Vincent, then you should cease asking scary questions. <laughs> All I do is win, win, win. No matter what, got money on my mind, I can never get enough And every time I
2: step up in the building, everybody's hands go up And they stay there and they stay Long Rock Face, Stacks Jacks, I'm Tom Howe <laughs> Greg Pappas moving slow in the in the studio <laughs> Matt burn seemingly doing somewhat better uh Matt, you don't you know, look like you had a big Super Bowl party, did you?
1: A very small one, just the family and everything. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys make it to the uh, to the end? Made it all the way to the ver- overtime and everything. Yep. Well, there you go. That's uh. What do you think about uh, Greg Pampas? He's moving <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Greg. I think you were overtime, overtime, overtime. Yeah. Over something. <laughs> I
5: was
2: with the boys downstairs, and uh, let's just say I showed up for the second half, and let's just say that the uh, whatever it was, all you could drink, they got their money's
1: worth. Yikes!
2: Yeah. And they were, uh, geez, see if got like three more in overtime. <laughs> These guys are keep serving overtime, aren't they? I'm like, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> good Lord. Um, but anywho, good time was had. But, oh, pretty good game. Absolutely. Um, both those teams were, I thought both those teams were really good going in, and I think they were really good coming out. Uh, somebody had to win, you know, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, Here's a stat for you. The 48th game where Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel all played together, and it's the third time they combined for less than 100 yards. Wow. (laughs) The other two instances were last year's NFC Championship when Brock Purdy got hurt, and this year's uh, game against the Browns when Samuel got hurt. It's uh, the fewest yards by Ayuk, Kittle, and Samuel where they all played. Um... 2022 nfc championship 2023 week six 2023 super bowl and 2020 week five they lost all those games ouch
2: really well i yep. mean uh the uh the dudes from uh um kansas city won three games in a row where they were the underdogs right yeah um, well it's uh i thought it was you know it was, it was pretty well done at halftime i was able to leave went to my my brother's uh, for the first half, I left at halftime all the way down to Evergreen Park and I made it downtown by kickoff. That's how long halftime was. Yeah.
5: this is a good halftime.
2: Yeah, well, I wanted to get to watch it. I was on uh, Which is just fine with me. I was driving. You so. missed the
1: roller skates? You don't like
2: U- Usher? Yeah. I don't know. I just didn't see him. <laughs> I mean, uh, whatever. I, uh, I think it's about as big a. You know, I'm kind of surprised. I think know. we could put a projector in here, put some big speakers, turn yeah. up the lights. Turn up, you know.
5: To an usher concert, I
2: was, uh, I was surprised at some of the commercials. Um, not surprised because you know I mean I, I'm not the marketing genius, but it seems to me some of them they were thirty seconders or a minute or most of them were thirty. I think you had to wait till like the last second to find out who it was. Mm. Now maybe maybe that's modern marketing theory, but when I was was doing some of this stuff, I was chairman of the marketing committee for the CBOE for I don't know three years maybe two three years. And I learned a little bit about it i uh i you know I'm, like i said you wouldn't you wouldn't get me to do an ad but i the idea was it was the did that entail just passing out money to different firms or no we we, we put together campaigns and uh no firms we didn't give them any money we, we had we did a lot of uh, world, know, worldwide uh, actually it was kind of worldwide but a countrywide seminar program teaching people options and stuff and it's you, you do learn some interesting stuff and in that uh when i when I got there um, it's 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 all kind of about touches. Well, there's two things. There's two major things that are that just you sort of have to get get your head wrapped around. Is the difference between PR and marketing because they they seem like they're the same, but they're not. But the other is uh, our guys before me. They would send out these mailers to uh, um, people. You know, they get they buy lists right because you can buy lists and there's a million people selling you lists. God, I get, must get 10 emails a day for wanting to sell us a list for we should, you know, some, go after people from PTI. But hey, I want no part of that. Uh, the people that I want for clients are people who uh, maybe hear me on the show, uh, maybe know of me word of mouth, and and are, are regular people that are looking to do some serious stuff. I mean, that's that's those are the people I want. So I don't really want 80 people calling here. Um, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, but anyway, having said that. The interesting, some of the stuff is they would send out these real expensive mailers. I mean, real nice ones. they four or five hours a piece, And this was, you know, this was 20 years ago. And uh, they would send them out to these lists. And the idea is if you get a 1% return on that stuff, you're doing great, right? Which is, you know, it seems awful. but and Four it, and five dollars a mail? Yeah. yeah. Yikes. Yeah, yikes is right. Uh, and then when they ever did, whenever they did radio, they never got anything. Because you're telling people to, to call a phone number and people have a pen and pencil next to you, that kind of thing. But some simple stuff, like if you send out a mailer, if the, f- if the phone number in there is in a, in a tab you can pull out, you know, pull off and stick it in your pocket, your response is way better than if it's not. Because then they can take it with them and not have to remember it. Anyway, but the weird part is if you did radio, you got no response whatsoever. But if you did radio the same time that you sent the mailer out, your response jumped to 3 or 4%. It's, it's all in touches with people. And if you watch the stuff yesterday, I, I use a little bit more of a critical eye. Like like a GoDaddy commercial, remember those? The, the scantily clad young ladies and so forth?
1: Oh, I remember those. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd,
2: we'd have to, you'd have to go online to see the one that was uncensored. You know, yeah. First thing, Well, GoDaddy, for those that don't know, it's, it's a website host essentially for like PTI and Stocks and Jacks and stuff. If you want to do your... Um, matter of fact, we uh, we use GoDaddy for for stocks and jacks for a lot of stuff mm. for the emails and all the other things. But now, you're you're not gonna go out if, if you don't you're not gonna form a company or do a webcast just so you can use GoDaddy. It it's that's like a PR. It's it's getting their name in your head. So if you ever do need one and you go down the list of people at Google that provide the service and you see GoDaddy and you go, Oh, I know those guys. They're the guys who are on TV and God had the good looking babes. So that that becomes a that's a PR piece, um, because, but my marketing is different. Like Pepsi, when they used to do a bunch of stuff at the Super Bowl, they could chart that you know that maybe this is going back a way, Maybe twenty percent, thirty percent of the soft drink sales were Pepsi's. Okay, well if they did a big Super Bowl push, they were able to get the they next sponsored three weeks,
5: the halftime show, right? Right.
2: Whatever it was, on a good year, they would get a bulge in their sales. In the next two or three weeks, there was more than equal to the money they spent in the Super Bowl. So it actually came back to them in dollars like instantly. Well, not instantly, in two, three weeks. Now, that's different than just putting your name out there. I mean, there's some people yesterday had AI commercials that you didn't find out who they were the last like second of the commercial. Mm. I'm like, if you remembered it, you're going, what am I going to use AI or what or go to these guys for whatever it is they're trying to sell? I don't know who they are or what they're selling. And by the way, I already forgot their name. So, I mean, you have to be careful when you're spending. What, what was it, a commercial? May I, I looked it up. It Was it mm-hmm. $3 million commercial? Millions of dollars. Yeah, it was I mean, a oh, yeah. big number. But there were no auto companies, not even Mercedes or anybody. I think uh, BMW had one with Usher.
1: I saw a Volkswagen one as well. Right, that's right, there was a mm-hmm. Volkswagen one. Yeah.
2: What uh, my my elves told me that went to the first look over at the uh, uh, McCormick place that Cadillac and, and Mercedes are not there either at the auto show, in addition to Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. I don't know. Hmm. That's boy. That's that's that's. I I think that the, the the normal person that goes there can't afford a car. Mm. So what's the point? Maybe. <laughs> it's uh, that's pretty scary.
5: Just less of less of a presence. Stellantis isn't doing so well.
2: Mm. GM. Well, isn't but but doing good. the thing of it is, if you're not doing well, and if th- there there was a time, and I I don't know where I'm sure. Uh, I know some guy who knows people at GM, I'll bet they could chart back on these shows. And if you went back to, I don't know how many years you'd have to go back, that the auto show the next three or four weeks, people that are going to buy a car, instead of going to 15 different showrooms and putting their fanny in 15 different brands, go to the auto show, see which one they like the best, and they go buy one in the next three weeks. You could could sense that. All the dealers, their biggest weeks were the weeks after the show. Oh well, now if 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 it's just out of if, all, if somebody goes there and looks at the sticker and goes, hundred grand, <laughs> that ain't happening. You didn't exactly encourage people, did you? No. It's that a. Would be. All right. So what do you what do you <laughs> that make? That'd be of, a deflating
5: experience
2: if. Oh you yeah, but there. I mean, gets... there's no doubt. I mean, you drive the jeep around on the, the you know the torture track, and then you get in there and go, seventy five grand for this thing. <laughs> nice truck, but e. Man,
5: I got passed by a Wagoneer. That was that thing was enormous. It reminded me of the thing on The Simpsons.
2: They're a hundred. I think the Wagoner's a hundo. Yeah. That's I had I had two I, of the I uh, do it. But I had two of the big Wagoners, the real ones before they downsized. Remember those things?
5: That's, yeah. That <laughs> what was the, what was the cost on those?
2: For me, it was about a thousand bucks, <laughs> <laughs> or two thousand. I drove oh, that sucker for like three years. It was, it was a. Uh, had a three sixty V eight. I think it was a Chrysler V eight, and it had Quadra Track. You were constantly in four wheel drive the whole time. It was called Quadra Track.
5: How about that ad for Kawasaki? That was hilarious. The and mullet the mullets, one, yeah. And Stone Cold Steve Austin. I n- I never thought. <laughs> I've never even thought about getting one of those four by four things before. <laughs> All of a sudden, <laughs> this <laughs> that commercial makes me think about. Hey, believe? maybe I need a four by four. Do you believe how many, how many,
2: how many, old movie stars and stuff they dragged out for these things? Oh yeah. And how old is Christopher Walken? One hundred and ten.
1: Mister T as well. Geez, he didn't, yeah. he
2: didn't look so good. No, Chris. Well,
5: what's you know what looked real Walken. good
1: was uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jeff yeah.
5: Goldblum was on the uh, what's it called the Jumbotron 2 before.
2: He looked great. He <laughs> <laughs> I
5: mean, got,
2: what, the guys got good jeans Was that an alien reference or what was that? I remember what the the freakiest movie he was in. I thought was The Fly.
1: Oh yeah. Oh god. I think I kind of felt like it was in reference to Independence Day. Independence but,
2: yeah. Day. Yeah.
1: He was also in that. It's movie. like
2: combi- combination Independence Day, Jurassic Park. He was he was a goofball in The Big Chill. I remember that he did a good job oh, on yeah. that one.
1: Oh good, good soundtrack on that one.
2: Whenever he came, uh, what was it? He comes down. And he goes. I think there was. Like, sex going on in this place last night. And she says, you know, if you're going to sleep the noon, you miss, like, most of the intrigue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you miss everything. Yeah. He's like, And she she was ready to, to take on anybody but him. <laughs> what does that say about you? Is that your favorite commercial? Which one? The Jeff Goble? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked a couple of the AI ones, but I don't know who the hell they were. Hmm. He was, I thought he was Christopher Walken, though. Just Whenever I see that guy, he's he's the weirdest duck. <laughs> <laughs> they were all doing the accent. Yeah. The, um, remember one of the freakiest movies he was in is, uh, was it The Dead Zone? I don't remember he, that one. He, he was in a coma for a while, and then he came out. He was able to see the future and see people. Oh, nice. So he there was this guy running for, for office. But he didn't trade S&Ps. No. He, no he, he was worried about this guy running for office who so was not anything that he held himself out to be, shall we say. And then he was just after the guy, after the guy. And finally, I don't know, they, Somebody went to shoot the dude, hmm. uh, and he picked up a baby and held the baby in front of him to intercept the bullet. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a nice guy. <laughs> 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 just a, anywho. All right, Greg. What what is we? Uh, I don't see a lot of people that I've talked to rebalancing their portfolio. Everybody's just convinced this year is going to be like last year, and I just I get more worried about it by the day as as these PEs get higher and higher. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're doing, and, and Dan rebalancing is is for It's for, it's for weenies. It's for weenies. Yeah, there you go.
5: Yeah. Why would you want to rebalance? When it goes you up make, every day. Yeah. Make
2: more money every day. Yeah. We don't ever want to get out of this stuff. So Dan sent me something. Um. Hey, you know what, man? Just for just for. I mean, here's see. the question: hmm.
5: rebalancing. If you're somewhat, if you're somewhat, you know, confident in your timelines. Say if you are investing for at least a couple of years, or you'd like to think it's five or ten, but you know whatever. What? How much rebalancing do you need to do? Um, if you're jumping from stock stock to stock, I don't know. I think you're playing a you're playing a dangerous game to begin with. So,
2: uh, what?
5: If, if you've got if you've got your portfolio that you're moving
2: around constantly, I didn't. Did I, did I say constantly? What I said was, is if say you don't want to use the indices or, you know, or any kind of ETFs or whatever. Yeah. And you want, <laughs> You're all right, so probably in trouble. Well, no. So, But if last year, if you had, had the big mill, a million bucks, and you say, okay, I want to put 50000 in 20 different stocks, so I'm going to somehow be balanced. Okay, well, maybe. Um, so I put it in 20 different stocks. Well, no matter who you are, I don't care if you're an orangutan, you've got some winners, some losers, and some maybe are, are flat. So now you have one stock that's doubled, okay? Nice. Nice. And now all of a sudden you look at your portfolio and say, hopefully I've got now a million two or something or a million one. And I look at it and I go, now if I'm starting out again today, what would I put my money in? And do I still want to do you know, uh, 20 stocks, you know, whatever, 5% of stock? I guarantee you that what you want to do going forward does not match your portfolio. So now the question is, do you get from point A to point B? Now you get to the situation where you were lucky enough to put 5% in NVIDIA last year, say. Okay, well, that, that's gone up a boatload. Now, do you want to get it back to 5%? Or just because it's a winner, are you going to let that one ride? You know, mm-hmm. these when I, when I say rebalancing, I'm not saying trade every day. I'm saying... Once a year or once every six months or after a big market move, you look there and you say, what, what if you buy, uh, I don't think it's going to happen, what if you buy triple M and all of a sudden tomorrow it's 300 bucks instead of 92 bucks? Well, now your, your investment in 3M is higher than the percentage you started out wanting to have. Now, does that mean I can't sell a winner or do you rebalance? I think you have to rebalance at least somewhat, which is a hard conversation to have because the ne- you can't trade last year. You got to trade next year, right? Right. You you're looking for
5: the next the next move rather than trying to hope that this year's whatever happened will keep going. Right. Um, I guess it's independent events, so in theory last year last year shouldn't matter. But there's a bias that I don't know. It you happens don't, no. to all of us that say, "Well, it happened last year. Probably, all happened this year."
2: And why would you want to sell the winner and, and buy more to loser? Right? I mean, uh, nobody I has, mean. nobody wants to do that. And yet, that's what I'm really saying. Maybe you need to do. Yeah,
5: it's it's a tough game.
2: Well, there was guy there. There there was guys there when I was in grad school, and I don't want to go back how far that was. There were people. There were mutual funds back then. And there were as many as there are now. and There were no ETFs. But there were mutual funds and everybody was a, a you know, a manager so you've got 15 guys that are Big Cap Bob you know, and 15 guys that are Mid Cap Mike alright, so what exactly does Big Cap Bob do? Alright, well he looks at let's say it's the OEX, there's 100 stocks instead of 500 and say the guy's going to do the top 50 of the OEX, hence the name Big Cap Bob so if you and I were doing that, I mean what do we I mean people think that there's a genius to this which, which, you know, there might be, but if you and I were doing this, Greg, and maybe we should do this, I mean, um, we, okay, we're looking at the stocks here, I'm just looking at the ones in the Dow. IBM, okay, we've kicked the IBM up as, as uh, say, in the OEX. I mean, we, you know, we get the software. IBM is 1.5% of the OEX. And you and I go, eh, we don't like IBM. Let's make IBM half of our, you know, 0.5% of our Big Cap Bob thing. What about Home Depot? Oh, man, I love that place. They're... They're 2% of the, of the, uh, of, of the uh, top 50. Well, let's make those guys 4%. Right. Let's over, I mean, that's really what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that it's, it's not difficult. I mean, it is. <laughs> the, I mean, when you start talking about those many stacks over the next year. But at the University of Chicago, they did, they did surveys of all these guys. And virtually every year that somebody outperformed the market Right. They the next year the other guys caught up. I mean, because so, they did the same thing w- we talked about. They would just say, "Let's leave our stuff together." What we had, and usually stocks don't. I mean, the last three years with the big cap stuff. I mean, the big the, the magnificent seven.
5: I mean, the trader part of me says, "Okay, well." The Magnificent Seven are about fifty percent of the marketers.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Actually, it is, they're more than that because five know. of them are fifty. En-
5: Nvidia, Nvidia is like five percent of the Qs. So, like, say if there's if there's twenty percent, I say okay. Well, if it went up twenty five percent last year, and those those stocks are, and those stocks are fifty percent of it or whatever, then I would take call it twelve twelve percent of my gain and just put it into puts and say <laughs> well, here, why, why you mean, mean, mean it at all I mean, what, do you,
2: what do you mean what do you, you could protect be, it that's another way to, I don't well, want to get that complicated but you could cut the risk out that way
5: but the 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 simple way in, in my head at least and thinking of it more as a trade and less less in in a hedge and less as an investment to protect fifty percent of your gains that were that were caused by However, many stocks—seven stocks—you know—if you think those are overvalued, what's the best uh, decision strategically to how to how to make sure that those don't fall apart and ruin your whole? Well, now you're talking about two different
2: things. You're talking about protecting one year versus uh, figuring out what's going to happen next year. They, they are slightly well, different, I, right?
5: Yeah, I'm I'm saying you've got a huge gain. What do you do about it? Well, you do nothing and then that's that's risk you could hedge you could hedge those i would say twelve or however many stocks that have caused you know a hundred percent of the return and then um you could get out but if you're if you're thinking as a trade, what do you do about this you know big gain how do, how do you how do you hedge that specific one well
2: you mean lock it in
5: uh yeah lock it lock it in meaning get rid of the risk for at least a certain amount of time so if you're st- if you keep the the cues, well you take part of the gain and just plant it into puts and as those puts increase in value say if if the magnificent seven does start to underperform or fall apart then you just sell them out as they go down and your portfolio goes nowhere rather
2: than than well right now you're, you're now you're you're adding a level of sophistication where they need me to help them, correct? Well, I, your, your, I guess your, your normal investor. I guess did, I should have said, um,
5: I should have should have had these percentages ready to go. But there's a certain percentage of um, the cues that's that's Nvidia and the Magnificent Seven, and so if you know that, and then you know your gain, you can figure out kind of what was caused by the Magnificent Seven you've got a certain dollar amount gain caused by the Magnificent Seven. Great. Um, how much of that is required to, say, protect a, an event where the Magnificent Seven fall apart? See, you're,
2: getting, you're getting to the complication stage. This is when the, the person needs to call me.
5: Yeah, they should, if, especially if they don't
2: understand the i got math. a question for you, for a guy who understands all this stuff. Now we're going to head to Jen. NVIDIA is trading... Where is this? Fine, fine, stock. Well, in uh,
5: if you go through it, seven, say it's up 25% fift- or whatever. No, 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 and no, 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 NVIDIA is 5% of I'm the 25%. Actual
2: questions. It's at 725. We are, f- what are we today? Um, February 9th, 10th, somewhere in there. Um, what do you suppose the. What are you? Well, today, <laughs> it's the, the 12th. The 12th, all right. We're on a toy. We're the 12th. <laughs> what do you suppose. The, Super Bowl the yesterday. What do you suppose the 1,000 calls on March 1st are trading for in NVIDIA? One thousand. The thing is, it's seven twenty-five.
5: Mm-hmm. This is trading seven twenty-five. How far out are you going?
2: March first. So
5: two weeks. March first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They should actually, be trading. It's, actually, it's three weeks.
2: They should be trading. nothing is what they should be trading. But two two thirty. Yeah. That's unbelievable, isn't it?
5: That's that's a that's a big move. Yeah. I wonder what the delta on those are. Uh, I
2: actually have it right here. Three.
5: Yeah,
2: well, yeah. It's probably about three would three two would be for every than for every dollar Nvidia moves right now. You would expect that option to move three cents. That would be the delta. SP futures down seventy five cents. Nasdaq futures down four bucks. Be right back, John Flanagan.
7: innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois. Hello, this
2: is Tom Howell, the chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. Hello, Wolfpacks, Stacks, and Jacks. That's the moment Burn on the Board. Greg Paperson Studio. I think we have Jan Flanagan on the line. SB futures down 75 cents. NZ futures down 550. Uh, So, not much going on here this morning at all. Dow futures down 26. In the Dow, I have. uh, What do I got moving? Kind of nothing. Johnson Johnson down 76 cents. We've got Nike down 27 cents. That's about it. I mean, uh, it's a. Just a Super Bowl hangover like morning, you think? You should all these people watching in Europe. Um, I actually have a couple, well, a lot of people have listened from over there, but a couple of ladies in London once in a while send me a email. They were going to watch it. What time did it even start over there? Midnight? There's, well, 11-something. They're six hours behind, right? Uh, than us? I thought they were six hours in front. Six hours in front. You are correct, sir. Well, I knew it was a six-hour difference. How's that? Uh, Europe. Um, the DAX up 53.3%. FTSE down ten point one percent. kick CAC around up 243 So let's Say they're cautiously up up there, up a little bit in Europe. Uh, Nikkei is not open. Last trade was 2.9. Uh, Hang Seng is not open. Shanghai is also not open as they go through the Lunar New Year. By the way, this is supposed to be my year. What do you think? Year of the Dragon? Year of the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Looking oh, good so far. Allegedly, the lady who did all that stuff over at the Parthenon, she was actually on Bloomberg. She was the... The star girl from uh, Trade by the Stars on Bloomberg, she told me Sagittarius and the Year of the Dragon, that's me, doesn't get any better than that. When's, when's this all going to start? Like winning stuff, like lotteries and stuff, when's it all going to happen? Anyway, it's the Year of the Dragon uh, coming up here. On um, Friday, the Dow was down fifty four. and S&P was up 28, though, it's a pretty big move. NASDAQ about other than 196, NASDAQ just keeps going going. Bonds, down three basis points, still 4.16 at 10-year. The blend down four basis points, two point three four. Japan up three basis points, 0.73. seven three. We've got oil. Uh, well, it's over seventy five. It Was over seventy six, but down eighty nine cents today to seventy five ninety five. Brent down ninety five cents, eighty one twenty four. Natural gas down three cents, one eighty one. That is a real low number for February. Our bond unchanged at two thirty three. Um, we've got the U.S. dollar is actually it's down a hair against the euro, one oh seven seven. And it's down um, a little bit against the, the uh, well. I'm, I'm sorry. The, the pound unchanged, 1.26. We've got gold down 370, 2,035. Very quiet in the gold market. However, silver is up 42 cents. Uh, over back up 23, 23.01. Copper up a penny, 3.69. We've got Bitcoin down 2.76, but still 47,893. Yeah, Matt. What are you up for? It's traffic, weather, sports. I think Kansas City might have won the Super Bowl.
1: Ah, that, I think that's a good uh, a good guess there. Uh, currently, six forty-two a.m. on February twelfth, twenty twenty-four. As far as traffic, uh, inbound traffic pretty easy this post-Super Bowl morning. Uh, worth mentioning though, an accident outbound on the Eisenhower. Uh, It's giving people some trouble. Reported uh, before exit 21A, uh, it's stop and go traffic backing up all the way to Central Avenue. As far as weather today in Chicago, uh, currently 24 degrees with clear skies. Uh, Today, expect mostly sunny skies and a high of 41. Down in Phoenix, 40 degrees this morning and a high of 65 with clear skies. Now the big news of the day, sports, uh, yesterday in the NFL, San Francisco 49ers took on the Kansas City Chiefs at the 58th annual Super Bowl that took place in Las Vegas. Uh, both teams fought hard, uh, the game tying 19-19 to by the end of the fourth quarter, sending the game into overtime final score of the game was 25-22 to 22 in favor of the Chiefs. Kansas City won in 2023 as well. Uh, this marks the first back-to-back Super Bowl win since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004. That's about 20 years exactly. Yeah, so I got Chief back right, to you, you. Well, you dig out, allegedly there's been nine back-to-backs. I can only name like three of them mm-hmm. or four of them. I got all of them here. You want to hear them?
2: Well I'm going to say the Packers were 1-2, right? Exa- yeah, they were the first. Steelers did it. I
1: think the yeah, yeah. Patriots did it. I, I'm thinking the 49ers did it. The 49ers did it in uh, according to ESPN, 88 to 89. Uh, who are the other three? I, I don't have a clue. Uh, so you have the Packers. Uh, we also have the Miami Dolphins. Oh, that's right. Wow. Uh, apparently the Pittsburgh Steelers did it twice. They did it in 74 to 75 and 78 to 79. Okay, well they, they were the team of the 70s for sure. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys the Denver Broncos, and, of course, uh, the New England Patriots in 2003
2: and 2004. Really? So the, so the Cowboys did. That was not under
1: Stomach, though. That was under Aikman, right? I believe so, yes. Wow. Uh, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin. Wow. Yeah. And, and the,
2: uh, the the Broncos, that it was that was not under Elway. Was that Elway or Manning?
1: Let's see. Says, here's a fun fact. Terrell, Terrell Davis? That's Terrell. the first name I'm seeing on here. Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Davis.
5: Terrell so Davis. Here's, here's a fun fact. And probably <laughs> one that he's still a little bit, you know, angry about. Or I i don't know if he's talked about it pub- publicly. Elway was offered 20% of the Broncos when he left. Instead of his, his payout from his contract, he was offered 20% equity of the Broncos um, as in, as a payment instead of whatever I think the 30 mil he, he was due. Or well, due cause his injury? And he said, uh, as he was leaving, and he said, "No."
2: <laughs> but I think, I think he left because he was hurt, right?
5: Whatever it was, they owed him money, yeah. and the owner said, "Hey, you've been you've done such a great job for us and everything, you know. Let's let's skip the payment thing, and why don't you take equity in the team? At the team, I don't know. I, I think it was it was worth a hundred million dollars at the time,
2: but he ended up uh, being the he, general manager, and he did fine there."
5: He he turned down 20% of equity of an NFL team when it was trading, and its most recent trade a couple of years ago was 4.7 billion dollars. So, but, I,
2: but he he was
5: he was rich from car dealerships. But he also was general.
2: Did you ever? We have Mr. Flanigan.
0: You do. Good morning, sir.
2: Did you ever, did you ever fly into Denver at night? I, I, I somehow or another. Years ago, I flew over his car dealership. It looks like that's where the aliens would land if if you were coming in. The thing is huge.
0: I thought it was out. the airport.
2: Yeah, I thought I, I did too. I thought it was the airport. It was his car dealership.
0: Yeah, I did one stop. Yeah, I was I was, I was all disoriented.
2: Yeah, but like why are they live? They should be landing in uh, what's his name's parking lot of his of his dealership.
0: <laughs> Burt Weinman. God,
2: got to remember that guy. I, oh yeah, I, I love uh
0: remember Delosie Edelson. Good God,
2: there, there were two guys with. You, the younger dudes will love this. When Jan and I were in school, there were two guys that were—I uh, don't know—were those two idiots that did the uh, car ads from uh, Goshen? They were—they were they were they were on oh. WCIU every night. These guys would sell used cars. Greg, they were right You should—you should make this. This is your your, your d- way to do it over at series the one guy to get out there and go, "Here's like a '73 Cutlass," you know, blah blah blah, X miles on. I'm going to sell this car for twenty five hundred bucks. The other guy would go, what are you doing? You can't sell that car for $2,500. Well, if that's your attitude, then it's $2,400. <laughs> the two idiots are arguing. I think it'd be down to like 22 by the end of the commercial. <laughs> so, and they, they, I don't know, John. They had, they had a pretty... Uh, didn't, didn't
5: I've seen two partners do that on the floor of the Board of Trade.
2: Oh, yeah, well, yeah? Yeah,
5: and then they got they got in trouble with the exchange because it was supposedly collusive, but it was the wrong way. So, the, <laughs> So they were so pissed at each other saying that, we're gonna you're doing the wrong trade, I'm gonna and and they went the wrong way. They
2: did it for less. <laughs>
0: so, oh god. That's, that's back when buying cars was fun, Tom. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. I, I still can't get over
5: to these people aren't they, they did that exact same thing, you know, twenty four hundred, nope, twenty three hundred, nope, twenty two hundred, <laughs> and th- these were partners going against each other. Unreal. And
2: well, then and they got in
5: trouble, there was an investigation.
2: I'm looking at these uh, ads yesterday. I'm looking the E Trade in, in, uh, introduces pickle pickle babies. What that what guy's name is a pickle baby,
7: hmm.
2: but how? It, I mean, I, I, can you imagine the four of us and you know trying to figure out what an ad these days? He wouldn't want me there, but somebody saying we, we really need Christopher Walken. I mean, why, why, why would you even think of it? We're talking about it. Well, I guess, but yep. I mean, just because the guys the guy couldn't had to stop doing movies years ago because he couldn't remember his lines. Yeah, well, but he made every up, time
0: yeah. I see him, Tom. I think of of Wood.
2: Yeah, yeah, no kidding.
0: I mean, that's why I, I don't watch it for very long. It's too disturbing.
2: And who was the other guy? Who was the husband? Was Robert a, Wagner? Yeah.
0: yeah sh- I think that, that well, that's not what forty plus years ago that happened. Mm.
2: Name I name, me a, name me a hotter a hotter lady than her. I mean, uh, there's and, some, and but a boy. very
0: very attractive figure in other ways too. Just to, you know, for her her life and you uh, know. Kind of way she was beat up by Hollywood, but I always liked her as an actress, even when she was well. Know, the child, child,
2: child actors or actresses and they used to drug them and all that stuff. It was pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: terrible. and just you know, the, the, the directors to just you know leave on her, you know, pushed her around and stuff. And, and she maintained so much poise as an actress. So I, I always liked her a lot. So.
2: Although I did, I uh, was happy to see my, my my favorite girl, Tina Fey, was was on there. I don't know why I like her, but I do. I, I thought she would, thought she was spectacular in that uh, movie. Uh, what Was the movie when she was over in Afghanistan, something, something. God, some wacky movie, it had a weirdo name. It
1: was called Wisco Tangi track Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, when you look at the, uh, if anybody doesn't remember that movie, it, it was a movie. She went over to be a a uh, reporter, but as as the, and this this is I reference this on the show all the time is the Afghan Afghanistan, the war over there and the people over there that we sent over there uh, became out of out of sight, out of mind. It became first page, second page, third page, finally not even the first section, right, Jan? And her, yeah. her whole point was you, you had to do something even more bizarre over there. You had to cover, like, 50 people getting killed instead of 10 because 10 didn't make it to the front page where You needed 50. And to where the people who were bodyguards were quitting and stuff because she was taking risk after risk. And uh, But that... And, you know, they, that's what you had to do in order to get your, your, your article because after a long time, people just forgot about it, you know. The word that, never, that never happened in Vietnam, John, because of the draft. It was always front and center every day, you know, when you and I right. were young. Uh, now, this other one was the Volunteer Army. Uh, I won't say nobody cares, but I'm going to say it's sight out of mind, isn't it, to a certain extent? Yeah,
0: uh, when you you and Lou were talking about that a week or so ago, I mean, and, yeah, he was He was
2: spot on about that. So I'm surprised that you're uh, you're here and you're not running over to Dunkin' Donuts because Ben Affleck, John. <laughs> I'm
0: not running
2: anywhere for Dunkin' That donuts, was a pretty um, good one. Yeah, wh- wh- how did, why exactly did the State Farm, here's another one, why would State Farm think of Arnold as their commercial guy? Those, those things, those commercials had to be millions of dollars to make. Mm. And you wonder, uh... Kate McKinnon it was the it was the Hellman's mayo cat or something.
1: Hmm.
2: I, don't, I mean, Hellman's is people have that much uh, that much mayonnaise. Anyway, so so what'd you make of the whole thing, John? The Vegas, the whole Vegas experience, the whole bit might have been kind of uh, uh, you know um, cool to be out there. Did you see, the well, v-
0: it well, it went over nine thousand bucks a ticket on the secondary market. You know, it kind of. It's kind of a symptom to me of how I don't belong in this crowd at all.
2: No, no. You see, the three guys Was it three guys that have been to every Super Bowl? They're like eighty-four. Yeah. And they said, yeah. "Guess, guess what the price of the first one was? The ticket 50? I so, you know, Jan, you know, he's you know, ten fifty. Oh. <laughs> and, and this one, they said they paid twenty-five hundred. They must That's ten
0: dollars fifty cents. Not right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, f- I forget where was where was the first one. Well, first first of all, the first one was not called the Super Bowl; it was called the no. NFC AFC Championship, and it was it was the Packers against Kansas City, I believe. And uh,
0: sixty-seven, right? Was it freshman year high school or Fresh yeah, Reader? yeah,
2: yeah? It was sixty-seven. It was, it was a few years after the Bears won in sixty-three. But I can't remember yeah. where it was. It wasn't in Green Bay.
1: It says I remember it watching in, it. Uh, I can't Los tell Angeles. you where it was. Was where, Matt? Los Angeles Memorial Co- Coliseum. Okay. Coliseum. Ooh. Coliseum. Yeah, sixty-seven.
2: Yeah, and then, and then it was Oakland
1: the next year, correct? Uh, it's uh, let's see. As far as uh, official Super Bowl championships, uh, it was Miami, Miami Orange County. Orange uh, China's well, the the, the Packers. Is so the
2: second year wasn't considered a Super Bowl either. Mm. They played Oakland the second year.
1: Okay, yeah, they, they they did play Oakland Raiders, yes.
2: And the third year was when uh. What's his name, One,
1: right? Uh, Joe, uh, Joe
2: Namath?
0: Namath, yeah.
2: That was in, uh, was that 70 or 69?
0: 69, was it? I think. Um, what was he? Well, that, that period's getting farther away. It might be well, no
2: well, kidding, no kidding.
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know, it was,
2: I remember watching this stuff because my, my uncles were crazed Bear fans. My one uncle played professional football for 12 years, for God's sake. For one of the, when he was the West Side... West Side Armory or their their team. Yeah, they had back when they had all kinds of different leagues. Mm. Playing oh, football. Wow. Yeah, the different uh they would play like an across or those kinds of places and they, you know, they get crowds, I guess. And I, he'd get on a train and go somewhere and they'd play somewhere and I don't you know, what do you figure they got? Fifty bucks a game maybe? Maybe. And then if you got hurt, you yeah. got hurt. It was on you. Mm. It was like the women's uh remember the women's lingerie league? Oh yeah, we, yeah. Had, we had those girls in here one morning for the show And uh, the one, one lady was telling me uh, they, had, they had to buy, The guys who ran the league Were such sleaze bags They had to buy their own equipment And the quarterback uh, hurt her ACL So they ended up having to go somewhere For this big marketing thing Everybody all dressed up in their lingerie Which was pretty impressive And they, had to, they sold some big, big sort of square pool To pay for her surgery Because the guy wouldn't do it And she didn't have insurance it was all it was all screwed up. But uh, anyway. Real stand-up guys. Yeah, on real, there. yeah, real stand-up, real stand-up dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what? So uh, I even forget who's the market. Market. There was a history that when one one side one versus the other, the market went up or down. I forget what that was, John. Was it? is the American Conference up or down? You there was me. there was there was a history to it, wasn't there, Greg? Yes. And oh. I, but I forget which one. Who I, th- I think the AFC was up and the NFC was down, if I'm fair recall. But I'm not positive. Maybe Matt can find that too. So, what do you make? What do you make of the the weekend's uh, uh, politics, uh, Jan? With the oh, all kind geez, of crazy you know. stuff happening. I don't. Uh, not,
0: like that, that also kind of you know, put this the the whole Super Bowl phenomenon into some kind of strange frame because. I mean, uh, thinking back to Thursday night when they got the president yelling at the press conference, you know, denying that he's lost his marbles, and then the, the, the White House takes down video as they should. Yeah. It's it's... So awful. And then, you know, I, I've been thinking all, you know, for, for some time now about the weird parallels between this year and 1968. And the, the more we chug along here, the more I'm starting to see other other parallels. But yeah, uh, it, it just the one big thing I'm noticing now is just how, you know, the malaise has kind of settled over the, the country. It's it's even worse than I recall in 68 when the country was torn apart by Vietnam. Um, now you've got the people ground down financially in ways they weren't in 1968, and you got presidential politics up in the air, even more up in the air than they were in 68. And it's a long while to get to the convention in August. And I look back to 1968 and, you know, the night that, J- that LBJ announced he wasn't gonna run for president, um, that was a Sunday night. The following Thursday night, Martin Luther King is assassinated. Two months later, Bobby Kennedy is assassinated. Yeah. And nobody would have predicted the night that Johnson was delivering his speech that either of those two things would happen, at least one they did. And what that would do to the country before the convention finally hit. And I, I think now nobody knows what's gonna happen between now and August either. And now we got the convention in Chicago again, but without a strong mayor like it was in 1968. And I'm just kind of holding my breath.
2: Well, I, I, the the whole whole concept is are people are so stunned and whatever, and even, even like really intelligent people, which I, I put you and some of my other conservative friends. And, you know. uh, but I <laughs> you too so, kind. But I, you know I just the weird part is I mean people know that traditionally I've been a democrat although I've voted for several republican presidents and republican senators and, and, and other stuff because I'm you know if I like somebody I'm going to vote for them. I'm not going to say I have to vote. But people have gotten so launched into their stuff but I mean Hillary when Hillary ran everybody has to have oh, in one man's opinion. I think everybody has to have some sort of a, 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 a line where, say, on the trading floor, every tried to get somewhat of an advantage. You know, you want to get close to a broker. You want to do something. Uh, you know, you want to be, you know, first on an order. You want to be this and that. Uh, over a period of time, you'd like to be to the point where you were counted on enough to where you weren't screwed out of an order or something. And there, you, you, you start nipping away a little bit at, um, you know, 100% of the rules, shall we say. But there's every no matter who it is. I mean, I used to see people if they see a broker walk in the pit, they'd 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 wander over there closer because they knew the guy had an order. Oh, I get that. You had to you had to hear the guy. But now other people would would read the order in a booth and race after the guy into the crowd. You know, and those people I thought were total slimebag. Whatever. I mean, so everybody has to have no matter who it is. There's some level of of stuff what a person does where you say. That's it. Their personality is so far over. I can't vote for them. I don't want to trade with them. I don't want to be in business with them. And this, that that happened to me um, with Hillary when when all the the, the stuff was going down with them. What was the place they were getting pieces of property in Arkansas? That was the White Water. Yeah, the wi- but that one when, when when the the firm instead of just sending them a check, opened, for trades. Yeah, opened a, started giving her other people's trades. I'm going. I don't care if the lady's running for dog catcher. I can't vote for. Her. I just. It's something that 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 person I don't want leading me, and you know, and, and I'm not asking other people who've never traded to have that to be their line in the sand or anything. I'm saying, but somewhere along the line, you have to you have to decide that even if the person is on my side, if they're a conservative or they're or they're a liberal, whatever they are, that I, I still like maybe what the Republican Party thinks, if, if you can even tell what these parties think of anymore. I still like most of their stuff, or I like most of the Democrats' stuff. Of course, that changes by the day, because uh, I don't put myself in that group anymore. But some, somewhere along the line, people say some stuff, or, or actually mean some stuff, because they say it again, where you have to ask yourself, what is wrong with these people? And, and I, ju- I just can't go there. And I'm surprised that, that this weekend's antics with Trump and the NATO thing has not turned if it hasn't turned anybody off who's ever had a death in the family that died World War II like I did, I mean, I, this mm. whole, I mean, you know, it's the, it's the big lie, John. It, the big lie is he keeps telling people that maybe don't have the wherewithal or, or don't care that somehow or another these people, these other countries, are not paying their bills. And if you don't know anything about it, you're, you're, you're going to jump to the conclusion that they either owe us money or they owe NATO itself money. It's somehow or another, if they're not paying, part of my taxes has to cover for these people, and we're spending more than they are. None of that's true. The the, the, the uh, formula is that a country is supposed to spend 2% of their GDP on defense. And out of the NATO countries, there's seven that, that do, and there's a couple that are real close. But generally, in the last four or five years since Russia has been doing what they've been doing, the amount of... Spending on NATO total, all the countries that are catching up from not doing anywhere near as much as they were supposed to, all of a sudden you're seeing huge increases in the defense spending. Where if you looked at those numbers, you'd say NATO's getting a hint, and all of a sudden they're then there's companies countries like Poland, who are a gas because they're right next to Russia, and Russia likes jumping at them every every 50 years or so. Don't they or every hundred years? And uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden the guy says, not only would he. Uh, not support or, or protect anybody who didn't pay their bills, which is totally wrong to start with. But he also would encourage Russia to do whatever the hell they wanted. He's going to call his buddy Putin, who's killing people by the day in Ukraine, by the way. I mean, how? It's, it, I'm just saying, I actually would love to vote Republican this time, Jack, because I don't like at all what's going on in the Democratic Party. You just got to get rid of this guy so I can vote for somebody. I'm just saying, one has nothing to me. It has one has nothing to do with the other. This man has no business there. I mean, now I understand that maybe you know just because he's got the thing, I'm not going to ask any any conservative person to like Biden or, or think that he has his, all his marbles. I don't think he does. But one has nothing to do with the other. Can't can't the Republicans get this guy out of the hell out of there and put somebody normal in there? Or I say we have to wait four years for
0: that to happen. So. I don't. Do we have four? But either well, one of these guys well, in there. We got through it for the first four years. Somehow we have survived the last. It's yeah,
2: well, the first three of them all we did was worry about a pandemic. Two of them. Yeah,
0: the, as, as if we should have been. You know. Well,
2: S&P futures well, we are... we are
0: worrying about now because we're worried about that, you know, to the nth degree. I mean, well, let's
2: do, a, let's do a quick break yeah. here, John. S&P futures down 75 cents, NASDAQ yeah. futures down 350. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks.
6: 708 403 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call 708 403 2727. That's 708 403 2727. Let's get you pain free and living again. Hi,
4: I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, Three four five six. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com.
6: Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at That's matt at
1: Stocks, jocks,
5: stocks,
7: and jocks. You
5: are out of control. Right,
7: here. right now, right here, right now. right now, I am the smartest man alive. Now is my together, is my together.
6: Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to Common Sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call. 708-403-2727. That's 708 let Let's get you pain-free and living again.
3: I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. I'm
1: going to Kansas City
2: Come. Hello and workface action Jacks. I'm tomorrow Matt Byrne on the board playing some good stuff. SP Futures up fifty cents. Nasdaq Futures up three and a quarter. Here's a shacker. Got Nvidia up six thirty-seven. That's another point nine percent. Man, what's the story? I should have talked earlier. Uh, this this guy who won the Chicago Marathon and uh, died in a car crash last night.
1: huh? Yeah, I heard about that. It's too bad. Yeah.
2: Uh, Twenty-four years old? Wow!
1: Yeah, it's about a year older than I am.
2: <laughs> I think I think we would that guy would have given us even more and more records. I mean, he was really something.
1: Oh, Absolutely! Yeah, I'll see if I can find his name for you.
2: Kelvin Kip, Kiptum. Huh? Yeah. K wow. uh, yeah, I P T U M. Wow. Yeah, I remember him. He won last year, right? Or he won two years in a row? I believe so. Yeah. But he was uh, way ahead of everybody the way I saw. I mean, he was uh, he was out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, so you found you found the story on the. Uh, Who's supposed to, what the market's supposed to do based on the Super Bowl win, yeah, right?
1: Well, apparently the theory is uh, it was first proposed by a sports journalist, uh, Leonard Coppet, in 78. Uh, this is the hypothesis. A Super Bowl victory by uh, the AFC team predicts a bear market for the following year, and a uh, NFC team win uh, predicts a bull market. Uh, I've looked it up, and apparently it's, it's not always been uh, super correct, uh, and it was not correct uh, for the past two years. Uh, it was uh, uh, correct in twenty twenty one. There you go. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we have that.
2: John, remember uh, back when when uh, ladies wore skirts, mm-hmm. they would predict the length of skirts the next year based on who won the Super Bowl, right? Way back in the day. Oh
0: yeah.
2: yeah. But now, how can you tell that? when Everybody wears Lululemon stretch pants.
0: <laughs> well, I don't remember this, but in World War One, it was considered patriotic to wear short skirts because that showed you were. Taking fabric away from your costumes and you know letting them go towards army uniforms and blankets and everything else. So mm-hmm. the shorter the skirt, the more patriotic. You
2: I make. I would say I'd love to be the guy that thought that one up. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant for viewing as well. I mean, <laughs> you know you you can't you can't beat fun at the old bar, ballpark, as they say. Um, yeah, I I wonder how this all is going to come somewhat together. uh, Jan with uh you know with the the market at pretty high levels uh well some some stocks are I wouldn't say a lot of stocks i think are you know probably not that high uh um not a question is but if you buy those they never go up you know that's the problem i mean uh, so yeah that's that's somewhat of an issue uh you've got issues with um some people able to borrow cheaper than others you've got issues with can- you know the federal government appearing to now put money back in I'll just listen to uh all well, these guys on CBC talking about the bull bear arguments are sort of the same as they were in the 90s. John, they never change. It's all earnings. It's all Fed policy. It's money coming in, money not coming in. What, how, how much, how high is stuff? Is it overpriced, underpriced? Are there, what, how high are the margin loans? What's the danger? I mean, it's not, I mean, you know, now we keep adding another stuff to it, even like the Bitcoin. We're going to be able to borrow to buy Bitcoin. And I, you know, these things are going to become listed uh, I'm lead about leading into this one I'm talking about a horrible lead bad, bad host here for those that don't know one of the reasons why the Bitcoin is running up is because they're uh, some of the stuff is going to be in ETFs which means you could probably trade it through PTI uh, matter of fact you, once it becomes an ETF I'm sure you can uh, and probably it's marginable but uh, I look at this thing as a trader and now the ETFs are not uh, whatever the term would be, they're not considered an offset. Jenna, I think you know what that means.
0: Uh, w- Explain w- it, Tom, because I, I I could use a uh, explanation.
2: If if somebody, for instance, if I'm going to be a, a market maker in uh, an ETF options or in the ETF itself, if uh, if somebody buys, you know, a, the Mad Burn ETF, you know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, it's a could be. Any any one of the mutual fund firms could be somebody new. It could be a say let's say it's a BlackRock fund, okay, and then the next person wants to sell, or, or I, I can't go buy another of the ETFs as a trader and have it be an offset, and say okay, I'm, I'm, because uh, you know uh, Greg Pappas bought a thousand calls from me in the in the one ETF, I run out and buy the other ETF or buy calls in the other ETF that's not considered an offset. Well, if there's more than one of them out there, and they're all kind of, that's that's real dangerous. That's that's a problem for a trader, because I mean, people think that. I mean, again, it's it's, it's your retail mentality, and I don't, you know, I'm, I I deal with retail clients all the time. It's not like they're idiots, they're not, uh, but they're, but this is not necessarily their field. I mean, if I'm sitting there with a group of doctors, they're not asking me how to take out somebody's appendix, or at least I hope they're not. Um, now but this kind of stuff if, if you go and, and buy stock or you buy options or something people think that the that the, the traders make the price they do not I mean if, if I'm a trader I was in the OEX for 20 years but if, if we were going to trade futures in office desks say how do, how do we do that well you put a couple of phones on the wall showing my age and you make a market in desks I'm 500 bid at 520 on, on the standard desk. And the first five phone calls are to be to buy them. I know I'm too low. And someday I'm going to get the 570 bid at 580, and half the people are calling and buying, and half the people calling and selling, and I know I got the right price, right? I didn't set it. Yep. Other people set it. So if all of a sudden I'm a trader in, the, in in an option floor like I was, and I'm trading, let's say, Walmart, and you come in and you buy a hundred of a fifty delta option. So the stock's trading 107. Or I'm sorry, 169. So if you buy the the seventy calls from me and you buy a hundred of them, I'm going to say that's close to a fifty delta, meaning that for every move in the stock of a dollar, that's going to move fifty cents for the first dollar. But now it's going to keep increasing, going up or decreasing, going down. Again, I don't want to give that lecture today. But so the first thing I'm going to do is is a hundred lot is pretty is pretty a lot. Okay, that's five thousand deltas. I'm going to go buy. To be neutral, I'm going to go buy five thousand shares of stock. Okay, now the stock is a hedge against the option. Now, what if it wasn't? What if all of a sudden, oh no, you got to margin the stock, and you got to margin the option separately? That's what that's what's going to happen right out of the gate with these with these uh, ETFs on the Bitcoin and stuff. I can't just go buy one and 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 hedge myself against the other, which is a real danger for somebody trying to. Uh, because the people in the trading floor, trust me, I'm not. I'm not the insurance company for Merrill Lynch or for somebody you know who read the, who who's going to buy a company. That's not my job. My job is to make a market and find prices where half of you people, meaning the rest of the world, is buying and half of you is selling. Now, can I ever really get to that spot? On a good day, maybe. I mean, the best day for a market maker is if I'm, a, I'm one and an eighth bid. At one and a quarter, and somebody buys ten and a quarter, and the next guy sells ten and an eighth. This happens ten times during the day, so I make a hundred ace, which is twelve hundred bucks. And I go home without a position. That's my that's my best day, John. Yet mm-hmm. that does anybody have any? That, first of all, it never happened. <laughs> you know, and, and nobody has any idea. I don't want your position. I I, I, I want to make a market. That's what I'm doing. My 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 job is to is to interject myself in those times of the day where there's a slight discrepancy between supply and demand and i and i take a position for like a little while until the next person comes in and sells and i get out of my position i if ideally i go home at the end of the day flat and you guys the part the guys that are buying and the guys from selling i hope y'all make dough have a nice day <laughs> I mean, uh, it's so simple but how many people really understand it sense. I hope you do. I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's actually a very simple explanation, right, what a market maker does. You, you take care of, in, of momentary discrepancies between d- d- supply and demand. I'm not going to, if I'm the specialist in IBM, I'm not going to be short 5 million shares of IBM because you happen to be buying the company. It's not my job to be the other side of your trade. Right. I mean, first of all, who could do it, right? I mean, who's got that kind of dough? Secondly, why, w- why would anybody want to do it? saying but, but so you know that, that's what the, the bit the bitcoin i think is a problem john it's going to be a bigger problem if people be able to borrow because all of a sudden if one of them starts flying down i may i maybe can't cover it as a trader because the other ones don't count that's a problem these these problem these products are very ill-designed and you know but as long as there's money as long as they're going to trade as long as Somebody figures a way to, you know, that they're going to be the only market maker in there, and over, most of the days they get to fleece the client, everybody's happy. Is that well, r-
0: March margin calls have historically been the, the, the you know, the, the, you're pulling out of the, the thing that props up the market, like in 29. I mean, that's what really set the market down. Oh, wasn't it? I
2: mean, well, there's this, but there's, now, there's been some changes in the rules since 29, I mean, basically because of 29. On the, on the security side, now, not on the future side, but. On the, on the security side, the difference is the margin was, let's say, lower in t- before 29. So let's say now the initial margin, if you call PTI and you say, I want to buy 1,000 shares of IBM, starting at 186, that's 186 grand, right? Well, you've got to send us a check for 93, not the full 80s. Now, we don't do a lot of that business. I mean, we would, I mean, but that's not that's not the, our normal client. Those those are the people that are, you know, the Robin Hoods and the other places because they want to do it, you know, quote for free, but nothing's for free. And they don't want to talk to anybody. They 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 get it all figured out. Okay, uh but so the initial margin in nineteen twenty nine I think was way less than fifty percent. But also you also had to maintain that margin. Okay, so if say that say it was twenty percent, I don't know exactly what it was, say it was twenty percent and I had to put up so what what would that be? Um ten well, percent is uh of one hundred and eighty six thousand is eighteen six, so I gotta send somebody a check for what, thirty seven two, right? Or something like that. Um, okay they do that. Well now, if the stock is down two bucks the next day, I'm down two thousand dollars, right? But I also since I put up the minimum margin, I now have a margin call of two grand, right? Yeah. But now but so but since we went we, this the Federal Reserve by the way, the, the margins are set by the Federal Reserve. Not not your clearing firm. Although the clearing firm can get higher if they want to, but generally they don't. But now what happens is, if I buy the IBM from PTI and I send PTI guys a check for or wire us nine ninety-three thousand bucks, my maintenance margin is now only thirty. So if I did the math, which our brother could do in his head because he does all the time, the stock probably has to slide from one eighty-six to let's say at least one seventy before I have to pony up more money. So there's there's there's, there's a difference between the initial margin and the maintenance margin. And um, so it, it gets a little more complicated, but it also means that if all of a sudden we start going down, I don't have to feed it every day. I have a chance for hopefully somebody here would call you and say, you know, you're down to 35% here in this market, the stock's going down. Do you still want it that much? Or do you, you, know, you have a 1,000 shares? Do you really want a 1,000? Do you want to sell 200? Like, I mean, there's, there's a chance to, to use your head or to mitigate in the meantime. It doesn't necessarily have to be. I mean the stock could open up tomorrow to cook in the books, it could open up at a thousand, a hundred, right? I mean, it could happen. Yeah. Let's hope it doesn't. So I mean so a lot of what's going on, a lot is there to sort of protect you, but now when you make it really harder for the trader and say, Well, no, one doesn't one isn't fungible against the other not fungible means one means that you can actually uh, give one to the other. I'm talking about it's not it's not hedgeable against the other. That the mar- there's no cross margining. Because, I mean, right now, if somebody were to go in and buy, if you're, an, if you're a big enough market maker, uh, or actually you could probably do this at, uh, at IB, at the at, uh, PTI Pro Direct, if, if somebody was, was uh, long a whole bunch of calls in uh, the Spiders, for instance, if you were to turn around and sell the, the uh, S&P Mini, you'd be considered covered in terms of portfolio margin. Because if your portfolio moved 10%, if you have the numbers right, what you what you lose on the futures you're going to make on the calls, so you you can do that at PTI Pro Direct if you want a uh, risk-based margin. You got over a hundred thousand in your account. But a lot of people do. Uh, so there's there's a lot of ways to to do this, Shannon. But the weird part is, it's there, there there are very few retail clients that could say what I just said, and yet everybody figures they can do it on their own. I don't. Can you quite get that? Everybody's got it all figured out.
0: I would not want to do it.
2: Well, I mean, why, why would you? I mean, what, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. If I, if I got a bellyache, I'm not gonna cut out my own appendix, am I? That would be a <laughs> god. I would be in the well, wrong What side. Do you
0: th- what, do you th- what makes the Bitcoin element then more of a kind of a loose cannon in this kind of climate? Is it? Is there any difference? I mean, a, a stock isn't really any more of a commodity than Bitcoin is. I mean, it's a share. It's a an interest. Well, in the, it's, it's an artificial right. it's an
2: artificial stack. There's nothing behind yeah. it,
0: right? I mean, there are, so there, there are some companies that, with
2: nothing behind it, but but by and large, if GM went out of business, you'd have factories, you'd have stuff. I mean, you'd have right, something.
0: You bricks and mortar. You got everything. Yeah.
2: Now, whether or not that would cover what percentage of the stock, God only knows. I mean, I mean, know but now we've crossed that that border as well. I mean, I'm not so sure what you got you got uh, with Alibaba. I mean, about why that why that thing listed here? I you know I have no idea. I mean, I think I think you end up with the aren't all the uh, assets owned by uh, Jack Ma or in his name and they're yeah. in China and the and the country can steal them whatever they want. I mean I, right. th- that that country that company when I started the business would never come close to have a listing on a New York Stock Exchange. I mean, it used to it used to be that you had to have the vote, you had have the voting share. I don't now now nobody cares about that if you're a you know you're a Bezos or somebody you can have a shares that only you have and nobody gets to vote but but there's money involved all these rules just disappear right and yet someday you know they might be a problem uh but but no but the bitcoin if you if you look if you follow the history of the the tulips i mean whatever anybody anything is John, if if all of a sudden uh a stock comes out and a bunch of people decide they're going to buy it and run the price too high oh in my opinion, too high, or in in essence, maybe it is too high because it starts to come down. If everybody paid cash for it, uh, you lose money, correct? But you're not really forced to sell unless, uh, you know, (laughs) the wife or husband says, what are you doing in that stock? Get rid of it. I guess that's forced to sell. But there's no such thing as a margin call. So Bitcoin, or even the tulips, were around for a long time and going up because people just bought them. Rich people bought them, right? Because they wanted them, they were, they were not, in, they were not uh, what, native to, to Holland, and people wanted them, they looked nice, so well, whatever. So, but then all of a sudden, they started to be listed on the, the exchanges of the time, and then one day, people started lending money to people to buy them. Where they became, quote, marginable, although you probably went to a bank and got it, I don't know if you could do it the exchange easily like now. But all of a sudden, when it started to go down, now you have people that are forced to sell. It's a whole different program if it's if it's if it's selling caused by debt because the clearing firms sit there and go, "You don't have the money, we're selling it." That's a whole different that's a whole different band of you know. For instance, like if all of a sudden the price of baseball cards went down forty percent, it doesn't cause anything. It just means the people that own them, you know, basically get their ass kicked. But it's not it's not going to hurt a bank. It's not going to hurt you and me because there is no for selling there's not people left holding the bag you know firms and and banks and whoever else comes up with this margin stuff so there's a big difference because I mean nobody's if, if you and I are dumb enough well maybe not depending on the baseball card I guess if we put our money together we, and we pay a million bucks for a baseball card and we have the cash uh you know obviously we could have bought something else with it but and all of a sudden two years later it's 800,000 okay well I guess we could sit there and hopefully by the time you know, one of our great grandkids grows up and it's back to a million one, he can say that he, he made money on it, right? But the bottom line is, if it drops to seven or to six, nobody is, nobody is making a phone call to us saying you have to sell it. And oh, by the way, you owe me another hundred grand. And then if I don't have it, now they're out a hundred grand and, and this becomes a big problem, right? Because now when I'm forced to sell it, it's going to go lower. And all of a sudden, some other guy who may have borrowed the money at 600000 now he's forced to sell it, and it becomes a, a whole thing of dominoes. So what, when you start having people being able to borrow to buy something like a Bitcoin, you're, you're walking down a whole different road than if you don't. It, it, I
0: mean, well, and, and just to clarify, I mean, if you have a Honus Wagner baseball card, you've got something rare and something prized by collectors, and you've got other reasons people collect baseball cards, it's sentimental attachment to a player or, or a city or A historical era or anything like that at the end of the day you still have that card whatever whatever it is yeah it's got it's still got all the traits associated with it that made it attractive to somebody and you don't have that with bitcoin
2: no there's nothing there
0: yeah
2: no but but i mean whatever it is I i mean when it comes down to uh you know if there's an invasion and uh all of a sudden the us everything collapses here and there's no electrical grid you can't really eat the baseball card. <laughs> it's going to have some some value, but it
0: you know right. it's <laughs> but, but it's valuable for other purposes, right right. You know,
2: but but yeah. what somebody would be willing to pay for you if everybody's pay for it if everybody's broke? That's another story. Right. Um, right. But yeah, but, but this is all. If if you don't really kind of understand the fundamentals of this, you know, what I mean, it, it's like the uh, and you end up with you you create wealth all the time. And so the other part of it, it's not as, as much on the security side. As it is on uh, the future side, but I'll use PTI again as the example. You know, if if Jan Flanagan uh, a year and a half ago would have called up and said, "Hey, buy me a thousand Microsoft," and you, you know you got to send a big check for this, and Meta was getting its ass kicked, and we'll buy a thousand of that, and we'll buy a thousand Nvidia, and a thousand well Tesla, I don't want that one, and a thousand Apple, and you and the, and I'd say, "Okay, well, Jan, you go, you, know, you say to me, what's the minimum I have to send?" And I total up the thousands, and I go, gee, <laughs> hey, big boy, write me a check for like two and a half million, and that's only that's only fifty percent of it. What you do, and PTI puts it in there. Now here it is, you know, a couple years later, and all of them are up a bunch, and you call up and you say, gee, I'd, I'd like to buy another three hundred shares of each. Can I do it? Okay, well, now your margin, the, 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 if I what did I say? You had to send a check for two million. That means you bought four million dollars worth of stock, correct? Right. Well, now if the stock's worth six million, what am I going to say to you, John? You got two million dollars worth of buying buying power. Knock yourself out, right? Because then you can spend right. another two million to get your, yourself back up to where you're only you're only fifty fifty. So I mean, it, so you, you in a sense you you not only create wealth, you also c- sort of create money. You create buying power, right? Gotcha. I mean, it's even more more uh, obvious on the future side. I and mean, if you were to buy, uh, you know, a, a, contra- a soybean contract, let's say at ten bucks, it's five thousand bushels, and maybe maybe the margin on that say it's say it's five grand. Well, all of a sudden it goes from ten bucks to uh, you know up a buck. What have you just done? You just made five thousand bucks, right? Sure. Well, now. That the margin's still five thousand, you can call up and say, "Buy me another, another contract." So now you've got two contracts. Goes up another bu- buck. Now you can buy two more. Well, on the way up, if you want to, you can multiply the hell out of this. So if it's by the time it reaches twenty bucks, you could have forty contracts or something in there. It'll, I mean, and it, and you haven't. All you did was put up the initial five five, uh, five grand. But now you're every you're you're maximizing yourself every single time. Well, now all of a sudden you're a very wealthy guy on a five thousand dollar investment. Just hope it doesn't go back down, because now you got a real problem. Because now now you have to you know now you have to feed however many contracts, not just the one. Uh, but but that's why. But but if if it runs up or it trends and you keep doubling up because you now have the margin to do it, it can be amazingly expensive or not expensive profitable. But the other way, ugh, you don't even want to think about it, right? So I mean, it's it, yeah, yeah. but I mean, but it's all of, the, the, you know, the, I don't know. if I'm sure I'm not the first one with the line. The greatest thing in the world is leverage. The crappiest thing in the world is leverage. It's all a matter of timing, right?
5: Well said.
2: <laughs> mean correct. SP futures uh, down down seventy five cents. you futures up seventy five cents. I'll be right back. Hang in there, John. We we'll talked to Audrey about uh, you had you did some research on some of these house or uh, buildings downtown. And uh, Audrey's got some stuff, too. So we'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. Talk some real estate.
6: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate Possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is seven ninety nine on newsstands, but you can subscribe for ten free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck, get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks.
2: Hello, this is Tom Howard, the chief. Well now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to Securities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTI Securities.com.
4: Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jobs. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 three four five six that's seven oh eight three four nine three four five six or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com that's myhomesourcerealty.com
2: stocks
6: jocks stocks and jocks you are out of control Right right now right here
2: right now right now Lower well, no, thanks yeah, to jacks, I'm timeout. i burned on the board, SP futures down 150, NASDAQ futures down 150. Um somewhere along the line here, I, just, I was digging in here to try and find something we had to know about, Matt. I may just screw up my computer, so why don't you do traffic weather sports
1: first? Oh, sounds good. Well, hey, Uh, good morning, everyone. Actually, it's it's an
2: email that John Flanagan sent me that blew everything up, so I'm not saying it's his fault. It's not
1: John's fault. We're not saying it's John's fault, but... We're just saying. We're just saying John's involved. Yes. (laughs) Well, good morning, everyone. It's currently uh, 7.34 a.m. on February 12, 2024. As far as traffic, uh, there is an accident involving two semis causing some delays uh, going west on the Dan Ryan. The accident occurred before Canalport, so expect delays up to Five minutes going west. Uh, weather in Chicago 28 degrees currently with sunny skies to continue throughout the day with a high of 42. Down in Phoenix Arizona 40 degrees this morning a high of 66 and clear skies today. And of course, uh, the big story, Uh, Kansas City Chiefs took home the Lombardi Trophy last night. They played a close game with the San Francisco 49ers, uh, which went into overtime when both teams were tied 19-19 at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, This was the first Super Bowl to use the NFL's new postseason overtime rules, uh, which starts a whole new game. Uh, Final score was 25-22, marking the Chiefs' fourth-ever Super Bowl win. Well yeah, uh, uh,
2: let' let the record reflect that the gang downstairs in the all you can drink deal uh, did not necessarily hear the new rules but mm. were very concerned about everybody's move during the overtime is without even listening. They just they were all they had it all figured out no matter
1: what. <laughs> uh yeah. anyway. According to uh, according to those rules even, there would have been a, a new uh, another halftime show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, not including usher, probably like the, the college band that was there.
2: Yeah, they they were yelling for people to call timeout, call timeout. Like, what are you doing? It's going to go into another quarter. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> anyway, over in Europe real quick. Uh, it says here European stocks are higher. They're up a little bit, a couple of them are. Uh, DAX up 60.4%, FTSE down 8%. That's 1.1%. CAC around up 314 So they are up some in Asia. Everybody's everybody's closed. So again, there's nothing much going on there. Uh, bands uh, down 3 basis points, so not much going on there. We've got oil, which had been up to 76 bucks, is now, and they are back up over 76. 76.08, down 76 cents. Rent down 87 cents, 81.32. We've got gold uh, down 30 cents, but silver's up almost 2%, up 45 cents, 23.04. And we've got crypto uh, down 279, but still 47,890. So we got all that going for us. Um, we have Audrey? We do indeed. Hey, Aud. Good morning. How are you? Um, we had uh, Jan do a little... Uh, Research on a couple of these buildings uh, downtown. Uh, you and I were talking about it a little bit yesterday. Art and I went to go see a house.
3: Hey, hold on one second.
2: Hold on one second. Okay,
3: your dog is causing a
2: problem. My dog, oh. Ew. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, by the way, Odd, uh, you would have been uh, you've been happy last night at it's the. Background,
3: uh, background interference. Oh, Sorry.
2: Well, you've been happy last night. Somebody brought in a little pooch into the bar, and. Uh, I want to say what a what an adorable little dog, two two years old. Not yeah. near, that near as ill behaved as yours, by the way. Just saying. My but,
3: dogs are perfect.
2: <laughs> oh God, uh, Jan Audrey, if Audrey had any kids, she would say, "Well, good thing last night he just carjacked somebody and kill anybody." He's getting better. <laughs> so it's better she has dogs than kids. Let's put it that way. Just saying. So Jan, we I, I talked a little bit yesterday about it. We can't seem to figure out. Not, not that anybody cares to tell us. The, the amount of the hits that keep on coming in the real estate on the commercial side where well, we were talking about the one that, what, it was a mortgage was 180 and the, the bid, somebody bought it for 130. By my dumb math, well, some, somebody's out 50 someplace and loaned the money in addition to the money that the, the people put in the place in the first place. And then we have every day we talk about the Chinese market. Now they're closed because of the Lunar New Year going down and, and uh, Jan you talked last week about Evergrande, and now these other guys don't look like they're doing so hot either the with the something garden uh, where where are these hits happening and, and how is it that nobody said no you know nobody's being fished out of the pool drowned it's're uh, not really seeing this on the retail side right I everybody's even though there's been autos and credit cards starting to see a lot of delinquencies I haven't heard of it happening in the mortgages Have you heard? I mean so the retail the residential side seems to be relatively okay isn't it
3: yeah uh, so far so good yeah but
2: but how is it that we don't somebody's taking these whacks, john and, and, and is, are they all got Nvidia stock and they're just making the money there or what
0: I think it's you know it's certainly it's not equal morning Audrey, by the way um yeah it's not equally distributed geographically or even within an urban area is it distributed equally but i think there's there's probably two classifications of property that are, are really facing rough times and, and one is the stuff that was built say five years ago within five years ago or so where construction financing luck, if if you're lucky has played out and been able to refinance but you've also probably got you know renewal dates coming up on those loans where you have to come up with cash if you want to stick with them or if you you know you can make sure your cash flow is enough to carry you through whatever period we're facing so it's the newer buildings that are you know experiencing trouble that's that's what's going on at 1411 South Michigan the rental building that's been slapped with a foreclosure I mean that apparently that had the construction loan was refinanced and the end loan has been extended twice and was last you know it was extended through April of last year and of course nothing has been paid on a since. Hence, the foreclosure action so you got buildings that are you know not long in their lifespan um, where the financing is going to be uncertain at best and you're looking at banks that are less willing to, to lend than they were a couple of years ago then you got the older buildings that are just you know cratering the value um, so they don't have construction loans problems, unless they've had renovations and stuff, but you've got a, the, the, the more difficult problem of what to do with these buildings um, to keep them viable for anybody or if you don't have enough cash flow to keep it operating. So there's there's kind of two extremes, the very old and the very new buildings, and some of it's residential, some of it's commercial, and it's, it's you know sort of pockmarked throughout the country. I don't think you can say it's confined to any one area, but the total damage from the, that double whammy, I think, has yet to be calculated.
2: Well, Janet, and you know, I, I, I'll ask you this one. And, you know, I used to live at, at 70 West Huron. That place was 95% occupied, and it was, I think, very well run. Now, maybe the rents didn't run up as fast as people thought they were going to be, but those people who ran that place, or, I mean, owned it, I think, didn't they well, didn't they have a capital call, like, two or three times, or something? You know, how, how, I don't know. how optimistic people when they build these places, I mean, it, I mean, four forty here now. Granted, now there's no exchanges, so real well, not much of an exchanges. So four forty, but what wasn't that? Didn't that place? Wasn't that refinanced like five years after they built it or four? They had to get a new I don't owner. Know
3: anything about that building, I, don't
2: I, know. I mean, it seems like even even if things go moderately well, they're they're these they're out on a they're out on the end of the plank on these things. Are they just that optimistic when they when they
0: build them, or what? I have no I think
3: idea, that. I don't know anything about that.
0: I think, I think they're optimistic, and, and they probably had every right to be in an era where rents were fairly stable, at least in, in certain areas, and you didn't have maintenance costs and taxes that were skyrocketing on, on properties generally. So it probably made sense forty years ago or thirty years ago to build a building like that. You had you had pretty good assurance that you 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 can afford it for the you know, indefinitely in the future until there was some other cataclysm that, that you know turned everything on its head. And that's kind of what we're experiencing now. So um things that made sense on paper five years ago don't look like they're very good deals now at all.
2: Well on that uh, let's walk through a little bit one I, well, she took me to uh... It was a house that was on the market, so uh, you know, uh, what is exceptionally good at this? So when she sees something, and those people that might be in the market for it, and she goes and looks at it, right? So I went with her yesterday because you know, curious too. And uh, walk us through that, right? It's, It's a house that is looks in pretty good shape, it's from the 60s, uh, dated, nothing has ever really been changed, the rooms are fine, and all of a sudden, all kinds of people are showing up. and uh, what happens there? It's it's not it's not like you need massive remodeling. You need serious updating. Uh,
3: but what you need massive remodeling. That house needed everything, but it had very good bones, so it would have been worth. It's already had multiple offers on it, so they're already calling for highest and best on that today. So somebody's going to get a. We'll probably go over list price. Really list list price, and it'll be worth it. So,
2: but I mean, it's so that's a lot. I mean, what I'm trying to say is Audrey deals with an awful lot of different groups. There's there's that stuff going on. There's houses that people just lived in them for 30 years, never even changed the paint, and then moved out. So, obviously, uh, there's, a, there's some the houses where the roofs are falling, and that one wasn't like that. Uh, you have people that are buying homes that maybe you can't really afford them. So, as Nancy says, the the mortgage, it better be move-in condition because they don't have another nickel after the mortgage. How do, how do you keep all that together? I mean, it's, you've got so many different... Client types of clients, and houses. I mean, it, that's what makes your business pretty fascinating. To be, to be honest with you. I and mean, how do you? Like yesterday, who, who, who do you think belonged in that house? Was it somebody who? I mean, the place is livable. I Everything mean, worked. Uh, is it somebody a family that moves in there and they're going to do one room at it's, a time? Is it somebody gonna do it all at once? I mean, that was
3: only livable if you were blind. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a pretty horrible house. I mean, horrible inside. I mean, it was just. You know, still have avocado appliances. It had flock wallpaper, which I hadn't seen in years. Oh my! Burnt, burnt orange flock wallpaper.
2: Jan, the place—the <laughs> place was exactly.
3: That's
0: like a Charlie's Angels set.
2: Oh yeah, the place. Pretty much. The-, the place is exactly like my parents' house. Exactly, only like. No, bigger. Gloria's
3: house was much nicer.
2: That's because she because she kept it up. But I mean, well, Jan, was... trust me, it was exactly the same. <laughs> It had to be the same builder. The only thing is, it was ten feet wider, and, and no. And well, it was
3: a very common style. It's yeah. a very common style at that point in time.
2: But uh, anyway, it was it was big place. I mean, uh, so who do you think's in up with it? Uh, is it going to be a developer or somebody's going to redo it or a family?
3: No, uh, I would say everybody would have wanted that. one. a flipper would have wanted it, but it's a uh, perfect home for a talented, but uh, a family member who wants to get in a really you know. Nice part of Oakland, and could put some elbow grease and time into it. So I will bet you somebody with a family of the trades bought that. They're going to turn that into a beautiful house.
2: You know, the first thing I looked at, Jen, talking about the knucklehead I am, tell, and Audrey's looking at me like I'm nuts. Which, of course, I think she thinks I am, which she's probably right. Uh, it's on a what do you what do you call it? A street like that, but it's a dead end. But it it actually it, 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 it's a cul
3: de sac. It, it, it
2: dead ends right where the the athletic field of this Catholic school is. So two things come to my mind right away. Well, if I went to that school, that's a short walk. <laughs> and secondly, we could play we could play uh, wiffle ball and touch football in the street forever. It's never going to be a car. That would be our playing field. Now, does anybody think like that anymore? Is that me show my age.
0: Well, well that's really
2: show your <laughs> oh, it Takes a shot. I'm showing my age. Quadruple well, well,
0: the size of your backyard. Huh? Well, this, you the backyard, backyard was huge,
2: but uh, yeah. but so. Well, you're saying that the, the 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 fracas we're seeing on the commercial side, and I think you're right. It, it, it has not affected people so far. Are having trouble with their credit cards and their cars, but they're they're so far they're paying for their houses. You haven't, you haven't seen i I haven't I haven't heard of you doing any like just plain old foreclosures like was happening. You know, I a while.
3: They're they're picking up at the fringes because there's been a lot of people hurt by the last year with the. the Inflation rate. You know, people have been hurt badly. And in foreclosures, I have seen a few more that I've seen. So there are a lot of people who are getting hurt or have lost their jobs. Really? There, there's a lot more job go- loss going on that media wants you to believe that you're going to see the results of that.
2: But well, you've had a couple of people that have had, shall we say, a, a lifestyle change where they worked and you were able to sell their homes without any kind of a foreclosure. you were able to Essentially, get them out unscathed. I mean, you've done that for a few people in the last few months, right?
3: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, the market is still good, so there's things that could be sold. But it's not a good experience for anybody involved. It's a horrible experience for people.
2: Oh, yeah. Would you have ever guessed, either, either one of the of you guys, uh, that in the last two and a half years, the market, the interest rates went from three to six and a half, and actually, home prices are up. That that to me is kind of scary, but I guess it's good if you're in the house.
3: Well, there's there's no homes, there's no inventory because people are not going to sell their three and four percent home uh, mor- mortgage uh, to go buy a six and a half percent or one right now. So, you know, you've basically just hobbled the housing market, well, which means you've hobbled uh, all the associated industries. So,
2: so who is who's your? I know you got a, a varied group of people, but. Who would you say is not your typical client, or is it that somebody looking to trade? I don't
3: have typical clients. I, well, I, that's I have the truth. so many different kinds of wonderful people. I'm very lucky.
2: But I'm saying it's generally, when I say generally, I've, I've seen you lately with people that are uh, have a home they've owned for a long time. They're going to sell that one and buy either something smaller, something bigger, or something in a different area, and they're kind of they're kind of trading dollars, so it almost doesn't matter, right? They're, they're They're selling one at the current price and buying another one, so it's that you you've had some of that lately, right?
3: Well, if they're if they're cash, you could, you're there you could do that, but it's you're not just trading if you're trading more different mortgage rates, right. so it's different.
2: A few of them have been cash, John. Do you see any light at the end of the tunnel? That, let me ask you this: the people who are buying the downtown building for 130 million when the mortgage is 150, and the other guy took a 50 million dollar hit on top of that, the original owner, do you think 130 is a good buyer, or is it not a bottom yet?
0: I don't think it's bottomed yet, um, and I, I, I don't see any any reason why these buildings are going to become more profitable uh, in the at least in the short term because rents are so unstable and likely to increase, and the number of, of qualified borrow, you know lent the tenants to take up these spaces um, as credit tightens and you know jobs become more uncertain. I, I just see that you're looking at a smaller pool of qualified tenants who can step in and pay the, the rents necessary to sustain this building. You know that that piece I sent around from Zero Hedge last week about you know what what's why you know reducing interest rates isn't going to fix what's wrong with the housing market, but the, the statistic in there, which I've, I've been trying to track down, that 44 percent of single family home sales in 2023. Were to institutional buyers and I you know that that isn't true certainly in this market and maybe not in some other Midwestern urban markets but I think it's probably it was more than that in some southern places yeah. you know in the, the Sunbelt, Belt um, where you know this is kind of now sort of as a standard for the way single-family home, homes are being sold and no wonder we now have you know housing values you know creeping up. Well, in effect, you know, the, the interest rates have made it unaffordable for most average borrowers to buy. That was, was never the case, you know, in previous times during stress like this, where you had so many institutional, you know, investors taking over property taking it out of the, the, the you know, private sector, really, and turning them into rental properties. And it's like what Hal said in one of his responses, that, you know, this is turning the, the housing marketing to a cartel and th- this is something I don't see changing and is, is likely to make John, homes how, more and more unaffordable
2: how geographic I'm going to ask Odd. I think I know the answer but I'm going to ask her Odd, have you seen any of that Aud are you there did we lose Audrey we must have I, I don't I don't think uh, John she'll, she'll come back on uh, Man will find her um I mean, that house yesterday is going to have multiple buyers I don't, is not mentioned to me yet, and I'm sure she would have I don't think Black Router or anybody like that is a bidder for that house Is it just not happened on the southwest side of Chicago yet, or what?
0: Probably, and I think there's still enough people with you know, good prospects for employment um, and you know, did well on the, the sales of their existing homes, where they can still trade up and it's there's still enough money from those people you know, there's enough qualified borrowers to keep properties that are going to sell quickly that don't require you know, a complete facelift to sell you know, and, and actually have competitive bidding like Audrey's describing but I don't think that's that, that can last for you know, indefinitely especially in, in Chicago or even in the Chicago suburbs I think at some point you're going to see um, what's happening elsewhere happen everywhere and that, that's just going to be, there this, this seems to be a coordinated, coordinated effort to take housing well, out of the hands of the average person.
2: Well, how do they pick their areas? I mean, Matt, you're going to get on back here or no? Or, or she, we're still struggling? It
1: seems she's on mute, so she probably uh, got away from
2: Here me. I am. Yeah, oh, I am. Oh, okay. uh, I'm sorry. My question to you is John was talking about how some percentage, some big percentage now of the houses are going to these. Well, Blackrock supposedly owns a bunch. of I mean, You know, I, have you seen any hint of that? That all uh, this, like in this house you were talking about yesterday, Blackrock's we've talked not a bitter
3: before. Yeah, we've talked about that several times where corporations are just buying thousands of houses and controlling the rent.
2: But have you, nothing, have you but uh, have you run into if you run into them as a bidder in these houses I guess yet? you I have
3: I don't know if I've run into them but I've run into corporate controlled housing and uh it's not a good thing for uh, most people. It's not good for the investors, it's not good for the tenants because the rents are uh, very high, and most of the time they're asking for people to have three or four times the amount of income in order to rent the house.
2: Okay, so you're, you've seen it in in multi multi-family buildings. You haven't seen individual houses yet. Is that what no, you're saying?
3: No, all single-family housing. Really? So they're trying to rent that. They're telling. Ta- yeah, I've told you. We've talked about this I on know. the show before.
2: I know. I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm, I'm missing missing this here, which I do miss stuff. But I'm saying generally, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that this house yesterday is going to have. Five people putting in a price, or ten, or whatever the hell the number is, but BlackRock's not one of them. I guess is my is my point. They're not.
3: They're, no, they're, they they will tend to buy very distressed housing uh, and buy a bunch of them.
2: Oh, okay, uh, you know, all right, and, so and then
3: fix them up. and right, so then they would they try. It's almost like they try. It's almost like they're gentrifying neighborhoods because they'll go in and if, you know a house is. Uh, $2,000 to rent, then they'll say people have to have $8,000 a month income to rent it. So how okay. many people... You, if you're making $8,000 a month, wouldn't you just want to buy a house?
2: Right, so they're, they're they're lower down the chain in the bidding. They're just buying bunches of them, is what you're talking about. Not, they're not interested in fighting for the one. Well,
3: they'll buy, say, they'll buy scattered site housing. They're all over. They have people, really? people all over looking. Uh, they, you know, have different independent agents scouting for them. They have their own people scouting. So, but... Uh, I've seen that happen to, you know, quite a few houses.
2: Really, I did. Boy, I, didn't, I got the wrong impression. But Jan, what, do you, what, are, the, what are they seeing? They, they just want everybody to be a renter, or what? I, I, I don't get that.
0: I think it's part of it is, is just the fact that if you have a conglomerate that owns um, a bunch of properties, and, and like like Audrey is saying, you know, even turning, you know, taking over whole neighborhoods or maybe having company towns like Pullman used to be, what, it just won't have any industry attached to it. Um, but it, you, you get lots of leverage when it comes to taxation and infrastructure and political decisions that the average person doesn't have. And there's, of course, therefore a lot more money and power that you have uh, to be reckoned with when it comes to you know, taking city services or municipal services or, or getting a, you know, a seat at the table when it comes to decision making. And this is all about consolidation of power and, you know, taking it out of the hands of individuals who, you know, that's a much messier system, but heck, that's that's the kind of system we're used to in this country, and turning it into something where there's, there's many fewer players than there are. And there's, of course, no benefit to the average person who's just going to be paying whatever they're told they have to pay, and they have to like it or lump it. So there's, there's no negotiating room left for the individual here, which is a horrible prospect.
2: Well, I mean, what we're talking about, and I ought to remember this, because she, she was there back when we were doing a lot of seminars. We had these people up from Mexico. And, and I mean, one of the reasons why you know, I get myself involved in this political stuff, which I really don't give a crap about, I just, except for the fact that they might ruin the place. Uh, I just, what we have here in America, and I see so much in the younger people and even in the old people, is so unique. In, in all of history that to, to all of a sudden self-flagellate ourselves and say it's not important independent ownership of stuff independent stacker we had these people in from, remember the group we had in from Mexico years and years ago were drinking down at the now closed Excelsior and I said something to the effect of. Uh, well the reason why and we had just set up a futures place for them down in Mexico to trade futures uh, I said you know it's incredible in America that if you if you really like the phone company you can buy shares in the phone company and be part of an owner and we I, I love the fact that you guys are, are heading toward that same sort of a model and they looked at me like I had two heads why would we ever want some peasant to own a part of my company <laughs> so the guy said to me I go, I go well I mean I thought that was kind of the American way well it's not our way <laughs> I'm like okay remember that guy who had, uh, yep. and then, and then, then what, what the other one was remember the next it just so happened the same week Janice, you know, I'm, so, I'm, all, I'm always so strong on this this dropping the, you know, degrading your money and how it hurts some people and it hurts the other. I said, by the way, I felt bad this week, you guys. Remember when they used to devalue the peso? This is back in the 90s. And I said, I feel bad for you guys devaluing the peso. And he goes, and I said, why do you feel bad? I go, well, because it's worth 10% for like, regular people than it was yesterday. Yeah, but if you knew it was coming, you brought your, you put your money offshore, went into dollars, and when it came back, you had ten percent more than the guy next door, Yeah, We don't so we don't get how bad it is around some of the rest parts of the world, and, and we need to have a little more respect for our stuff. The fact that you can own there's no there's no four hundred one ks in Mexico or in Venezuela or any place like that, are there? They wouldn't know what that what I meant. I mean, we we should be a little well, more careful in <laughs> keeping our stuff here.
6: It's
2: I mean, I I don't. know This is not like I want to put my you know the flag on my head here, but. This stuff is so unique to us and, you know, Australia and Europe and so forth. And you look at all the years of thousands of years of human history, if we, if we don't have any respect for it and we let it all go, when's it going to come back, Jan? A thousand years from now, some other place?
0: Ever? It'll come back when the savings and loans come back. Though. Yeah, yeah. So, which, which means you know what. You
2: know? Yeah. Um, so, odd, you, so far, the residential places are hanging in there. Uh, Nancy says it is a lot. not a lot of new mortgages. Uh, last time she was on, she said there's been a few divorces and things like that, which have caused the problem because now the, the rate's six and a half instead of three and a half. But by and large, it's it's hanging in there pretty good, isn't it?
3: So far, so good.
2: Well, I mean, it's one one final question, and I, I I'm all over the place because I got two people with different. In one seventy-five, and 175, you, know, you know the place we still have an office in there. That place was bought by somebody not that long ago for I'm going to say. Two and a quarter, two hundred and twenty five million dollars, right, Jan? Mortgage was what, one hundred seventy five. The people said screw it, we're out. So there went there went the difference between two twenty five and and one hundred seventy five. So there's fifty million basically out, out into the wind, correct? Now there's the 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 mortgage holder at one hundred seventy five, they don't want to run it. So let's say uh, you and Audrey and me and you know, all the listeners put our shekels together and we come up with twenty mil and we go in and say, we'll pay you guys $150. Where exactly do we go for the $130 million mortgage second time through? Do we go to BlackRock? Do we go to Bank America? Where where do we go, and and what are the chances of getting
0: one? Good luck, Uh, and I don't think you have much of a chance, Tom. You, you might have better luck just going to the to the current owner. You know, if you know, if that's the mortgagee that's now holding out of the property, and work out some deal with them where they may think you're a good enough bet to manage the building and turn it around, and they can salvage some of their investment rather than taking a huge hit on it. But you know, the the, the difficulty for them is that you know they've got what what looks like a negative, real negative number on their balance sheets now that they have to somehow deal with. At a, at a point in the future, they'd rather not have to take a bath on it by selling it to somebody for much less than they've already got sunk into it. And if they could stay with it with, with somebody who seems to have a, good ideas about it, but more importantly, if it looked like everything else around it was improving too, this would be a stimulus. And that isn't happening. So un, until that does change, I, I think all these buildings are just treading water at best.
2: You think so? You think that uh, the only our only chance would be this, the guy who's currently got it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if that's that's Sorry. the way I would look at it, I, I would I would rather take not take a bath on it and sell it like in a fire sale, but work with somebody who's going to you know owe me now and it shows that the cash flow can be restored sufficient to cover the loan, and I'll I'll you know work with you, and I I don't have to take a, a complete hit today on it. Um, I'll wait a while, and you know, we'll we'll address this down the road. That would be more likely if you had a climate that encouraged people to say, gee, in two or three years, this will turn around. Well, you know, that isn't happening. So,
2: Well, on the residential side, everything's still the same. I mean, you go to Nancy and it's it's Fannie and Freddie and the same people that have always done it. It's still, none of that's really changed even the last few years.
3: Nope. So far, it's still the same. No. All right.
2: Well, thank you very much. uh should be a nice day for all of us. Jen you might even want to get out. You never know. Uh <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's only down 40, 41 degrees time, but that's right for this time of year. Mm. You could have been downstairs
2: last night and cheering for the overtime because you got to drink more. <laughs> God, what a scene. The
0: clamber on the <laughs> L and, you know, say my rosary.
2: I can't imagine what an Uber would have been last night after oh. the game.
0: <clears throat> oh, man, yeah.
2: Anyway, I right, thank you, John. Thank you, Maddie. Thank you. No uh, back tomorrow, Stocks some Jacks.
6: Hamzy Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzy every other Thursday and visit Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.
1: Do you remember ABC? Yeah, Always Be Closing. That's right, Always Be Closing.